Hey everybody, this is Zaya from Meet to End Time Study, a podcast that focuses on apologetics, Bible studies, and current events from biblical worldview. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. On today's episode, I want to focus on a couple subscriber questions I've received a couple months back. So the first question, how did Lucifer sin in heaven if heaven is a perfect place? That is a really good question to ask pertaining to Lucifer's fall because we know in the Bible Lucifer or Satan or the devil is an enemy of Christians, is an enemy of humanity in general. He wants nothing more than to destroy us. But the Bible paints a picture of a time when Lucifer was what the Bible calls anointed cherub. There's a time in history when Lucifer served God, but then suddenly one day he fell from heaven. So we're going to explore why that happened. So there's three places we can start taking a look at how to answer this question. We can look at Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 20, and Revelation 12. First, let's start at Isaiah 14. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 to 15, it says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. For you have sent your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And in Ezekiel 28, verses 12 to 18, we read, Son of man, take up a lamentation of the king of Tyre, and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, You are the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You are in Eden, the garden of Eden. Every precious stone is your covering, the sargius, topaz, and diamond, beryl, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created, till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of your fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore I brought fire from your myths, I devoured you, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. And lastly, in Revelation 12, 4, we see a dragon, which is Satan, threw a third of the stars of heaven to the earth. So I don't want to read this whole passage because it's even longer than the Ezekiel one, but we do see in Revelation a picture of a dragon, which is Satan, and his tail cast a third of the stars, which are angels, to the earth. In that picture, we get a view of the past when Lucifer fell, and he fell with a third of the angels, too. These three passages in Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 20, and Revelation 12 paints a picture for us of a Lucifer in the distant past who was a anointed cherub, who was with God, who was in heaven, who was serving God until iniquity is found in him. And I think that's where our answer lies, where the question was, how do Lucifer sin in heaven if heaven was a perfect place? Yes, heaven is a perfect place. In the beginning, God created things, and it was very good. It wasn't just good. It was very good. However, what we need to understand is that God also created us with free will. He created the angels with free will as well. That's how they were able to rebel against him. With that free will, Adam and Eve disobeyed God as well. And that's why humanity is in this current situation. That's why we're cursed with death. So with the free will that God created both humanity and angels with, we have the option of aligning ourselves with God's will. We can live within the original design God created us with, the purpose that God intended us for, or we can rebel against that. And that's what we see in the Bible for both humanity and angels. 
and Ezekiel 28, we see that it says that Lucifer was perfect in his ways until iniquity was found in him. And when we take a look again at Ezekiel 28, verses 15 to 17, we can see again how that iniquity was found in Lucifer to begin with. It says you were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. And how was iniquity found in him? Verse 16 says, By the abundance of your trading, you became full of violence within, and you sinned. And verse 17 says, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. So we see that despite God's creation being good, despite God creating things to be actually very good, despite Lucifer and a third of the angels being in harmony with God for who knows how long, they were deceived by Satan to fall, third of the angels, and Lucifer himself deceived himself to believe he can rise above God's throne, that he could be like the Most High. And that was because of what he was doing. His occupation at the time, his role, allowed him to be lifted up with pride and his beauty, his splendor. So yes, he was created perfectly. He was created to fulfill his purpose, but Nicky was found in him because of that pride, because he thought, yes, because of what I'm doing, because of how I perceive myself, because of my beauty, because of my wisdom, I can be like the Most High. I can rise above what God is currently allowing me to do. The second and last subscriber question here is, what does the Bible say about borders? I think this is a really good question, especially with many places around the world, especially in Western society. And I know that I live in the U.S. We know that we, you know, the news might say we have a border crisis in the southern border from the border between uh, Mexico and the U.S. So the borders is a very important issue right now in Western society in the U.S. and around the world. So this is a very good question to know. What does the Bible say about borders? What does God think about borders? So we can first take a look at Acts 17, 26. It says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-apportioned times and the boundaries of their dwellings. So for me, this is my favorite verse that I use when we're talking about borders. I feel that it hits the nail on the head immediately. Um, there's many verses in the Bible, in Old and New Testament, where it talks about borders, where Israel is going to be, for example, when God promises Abraham, where the Israelites will dwell in the land he's giving them. If you're going to give people land, if they're going to be a nation to exist, there has to be boundaries for that nation. That's what Acts 17.26 is saying to us, that God is the one who determines the boundaries of human dwelling places. So because there are nations, each nation has its border, each nation has an extent to which it reaches to. And we can see this being told to us in Acts 17.26. Likewise, in Romans 13.1-7, um, the Bible calls us to submit to the government because God is the one who appoints authorities that exist. So yes, each nation has its governments, each nation has its officials its governors, presidents, kings, so on and so forth. But those powers that exist come from God. They wouldn't exist if God didn't put them in place. And God calls us to respect those positions of authority. Of course, there are some caveats where if the government does make us do something that goes against God's word, that's a different story completely. We can see that First Peter chapter 2, verse 13 to 17 also echoes the same idea that we are to respect the authorities that are over us because God is the one that gives rise to those authorities that create those powers in the first place. So a part of that, a part of us respecting authority, respecting government, is also respecting the laws in terms of the boundaries of each nation. So when it comes to borders and the issue of both legal and illegal immigration, we can see that the Bible tells us that God is the one who appoints the boundaries of human dwelling places and he's the one that basically enacts government and wants us to respect 
and live under government peacefully. And a part of this would be to respect each nation's laws regarding immigration, regarding borders. So I don't want to make this question too specifically about uh, each nation's border issues or the issue between the U.S. and Mexico's borders or anything like that. But I just want to take a general stance about what does the Bible say about borders and how should we as Christians view borders? And with that issue would be immigration as well. So I hope that's something for you to think about. I hope that helps you start some conversations as well. And I hope I was able to give some good answers to both those questions. If you have any other questions, definitely email me at emitsustudy at gmail.com or you can send me a message on my social media pages such as Facebook and Twitter. So with that, this episode comes to a close. Until next time, God bless.